1990 was the year I made that bitch sleep with the fishes. I would refer you up your own butt. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Lorian. Spencer. Dame DeLorean, Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. This was, to me, beyond porn. What's up, Dennis? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, yes. No, 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 no. Hell no. What's going on? I want a non-gay explanation. Well, friends, I'd like to give you the non-gay explanation. But I'm just not sure I have one. What is going on? It is Token Tuesday. Here it is. On December 13th, 2022. How the hell are you? This is episode number 212. Or, uh, as we in the audio business say, check 212. I am Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you are in the bowl for another one. Rolling on, rolling on. We are uh, dealing with the curse of the mark of the unicorn. What can we say? What can we say? Some digital bits getting crunched over here. But uh, you know what? Still, uh, still, still rolling. Still bowling. Still bowling, still rolling. What's going to stop us? Nothing. Appreciate everybody's uh, hanging out in anticipation for the later start time tonight. I'm teaching the evening classes, so those wrap at 10. And uh, even though we can sometimes get out just a tad bit early, uh, get out of there, hop over here, and I got to put shit together. You know, there's... I usually come down here to, to for a nine o'clock start time. I usually come down at seven just to get started. And uh, at seven, I can kind of leisurely take my time. It's not like it takes me two full hours to prep all the shit. But if I have two hours, then I can just do it at my pace and, you know, maybe discover some news along the way. Not today, though. It's not worked out today. Today, I just kind of had to hold on, hold on to my butt really tight and just uh, roll with it. You multitask pretty pretty well though. I tried. I'm tried jumping here and there and everywhere. I tried to still take over the uh, stream uh, after DH unplugged. Although there was a few minutes, I just had to be like, "Hey class, I got to grab something out of the microwave. Be back in two minutes." And then I took the stream over and came back. <laughs> yeah, and then you switched it to the <laughs> war station seamlessly. I I did my best. Did my best. I tried it out. It seemed to work all right. Oh, man, what a event-filled week. Event-filled week. We got the vehicle. Yes. That's the main thing. And we got it in the garage. We got it in the garage, thanks to Pop, who came over and... Thanks, Pop. Uh, ...busted some serious ass with me. Uh, you know, most of our work was actually on just clearing the stupid mud out of the driveway. So our driveway <laughs> angles in and is on a downhill, so like... 
the erosion just comes right into our driveway and all of this fucking mud and dirt washes in every time it rains. So it piles up over time, you know, and uh, just have a big, like, thick mud chunk on the driveway. So we, my dad brought his power washer and we just pushed all that shit off, man. Cleaned out. Cleaned out looking nice so we can pull the subie in. So now our garage is jam fucking packed. We got to walk sideways like a crab everywhere we go in the garage. This enormous Subaru Ascent that's in there, but uh, worth it. Hot damn, that thing is like a fucking tank. I love it. I can see the road. It's not gonna be a tank if it bonks anything. God forbid, but uh, <laughs> it just feels like a massive attack vehicle <laughs> when you're driving around in it. Uh, I'm even higher up than most of the the pickups that are driving around. Those F-150s that drive around, you know, they like they look just enormous. But then when I'm sitting at a red light next to one, I'm like looking down at the driver slightly. I'm like, oh, hey, down there, buddy. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, I like that a lot better. I like it. Got to be elevated when you're driving around. Got to be elevated. <laughs> My dad was like very into it. He was like, this thing's like a fucking spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> I like the microphone feature. So you can talk calmly to the children in the back row yeah. and not have to yell. It's got this weird uh, cabin PA where you can just, it takes your voice and it like plays it on the speakers for the back row, uh, which is fantastic. It's like uh, godlike powers. Please buckle your seatbelt. Yeah. Again. <laughs> buckle your ass in. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's been fun. Been a lot of fun. A lot of fun, no doubt. Although I'm still taking it easy. Yes. Trying, trying. Okay, I use the stairs. You're kicking uh, it up a notch. Two days ago. I'm not. Uh, I'm not throwing you up and down the stairs anymore by myself. But no. Uh, we're at what? Two weeks plus two days. Two weeks plus three days. Has it been two weeks? Yeah, I guess so. Two Fridays yeah. ago. Maybe not two full weeks. Not two full weeks yet. Yeah, my, Friday will be two full weeks. My bed rest is supposed to be two weeks oh god don't so shoot but uh bleeding is done nice that's, I, that's I won't always get good. into details because that's gross but like that's clear so i'm feeling like okay now i can maybe start doing things pick up my one and a half year old perhaps probably not supposed to do that but yeah i just like to hug him and stuff and <laughs> right. well. yeah i mean you got to yeah. You got to. Get back to work uh, doing the dishes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew we wouldn't be able to keep you down forever. But uh, we did much better yeah. than, than last time, let's say. Yes, my abs have pulled back together to the point where they were at with John's recovery. The point where they stopped. Because at this point, after John was born, I was already doing exercises. Yeah, you Like, were. I was already exercising again, and I went... I stopped the recovery. <laughs> you were nuts, yeah. Yeah. They yeah. were like, oh, don't do core exercises. Oh, dang. Sitting there Whoops. doing crunches without any, like, abs. <laughs> Your abs aren't sewn back together yet. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm not going that hard. Yeah. Well, that's good. Glad. What else? I smoked a couple fat stacks of ribs. Oh, heck yeah. While we were doing the clean out the garage thing, so that was cool. I half expected Cotton Gin to turn up. Because <laughs> your dad put the Chiefs game on too. I was like, "Ooh, smelling like Kansas City in here." Uh, yeah, all, all of the, uh, all of the uh, proper accoutrements were there. So, never know. 
Never know when he'll roll up. Uh, what else? We had a fantastic Bulls with Buds. Yeah, that was a really fun one. Effortless joined us. Um, a lot of the Fetty seem to be pleased with that. I've been getting a lot of uh, good positive feedback. Uh, some DMs and some comments on the Fetty. Uh, and I thought it was sweet. America even wrote up a blog post. Because we had talked about him briefly, uh, in the show. And so he, like, had a blog post on his website of, uh, America mentioned on Bull, recent Bull After Bull. Yeah, with a great clip. Yeah, yeah, the clip there. That was that was a fantastic clip. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Uh, Since that show, Effortless has sent us some great ISOs. Ah, yes, that's right. You uh, forward those to me. They're not on the board yet, the soundboard. But they're not. And in fact... Uh, you want me to play them? Yeah, why not I've got them over here. Because uh, they're going to sound all pixelated if I play I think them. this one was mentioned either during the Bulls of Buds or in the post show. Smoke weed every day. <laughs> oh God, that's the Tucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they have a. They say every yeah, in the original version. Smoke weed every day. Tucker. Tucker's overdoing it. Uh, Smoke weed every day. <laughs> yeah. Wow, dude. Nice work. Nice work. That's a golden nugget right there. Yeah. Uh, then we have some Niles from Fraser coming in. I'm getting high on reefer. <laughs> <laughs> in a second, Niles. Ah, yes. Thick and gooey ganja in its purest form. Oh, that's beautiful. Lovely. Beautiful. I was so excited when Effortless sent me those. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to get those converted over to Wave and uh, add them to the board. Yep. I did not have time to hit that today, fortunately. I was just doing all kinds of shit. And uh, going straight from class to this thing, boy, that's a that's a serious transition to make. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, especially because I had to. So I had to take over the stream on this laptop over here because obviously I can't be pumping like the reefer tunes through the Zoom call in my classroom. Uh, so you know, I had to juggle some things. To juggle some things, but uh, one thing that we can do is fly by the seat of our pants around here and uh, kind of, kind of make it work. Bullshit our way through it. That's what we do. That's what we're good at. Uh, speaking of bulls with buds, we've got another one coming up this Friday. All right. We have, uh, my good buddy, Tyler. Oh, cool. Tyler. Co-owner of Fizzolino. Yes. He and his wife, uh, brought a Piaggio Ape back from Italy when he was stationed over there with the army for four years. And, uh, once they got it back stateside, they turned it into a little wine tap truck. And if you have followed me on NOS for any amount of time, you've seen, Pictures of the tap truck at various weddings that I work. So uh, we're gonna get uh, Tyler on the horn and have a have a good night. Uh, just hanging out with him. I always get into these long conversations about whatever it happens to be. I mean, the topics are, you know, ones that are near and dear to my heart. Things like decentralization and uh, the globalist power struggle and uh, how we just want to be free. And uh, how Bitcoin's going to save us all, all that kind of stuff, you know. The usual. Yeah. <laughs> the typical. So I'm excited to uh, see where that goes, because I don't know where it's going to go. It could go a lot of ways. It could go a lot of places. But uh, that will be 8 o'clock on Friday evening. Um, luckily, I do not have an evening teaches on Friday. They're Monday through Thursday, so. Oh, nice. No weird waiting or um juggling or anything like that we'll just be totally relaxed and ready to go at eight so eight central friday 
join us for that. We should uh, have a grand old time. A grand old time. Other than that, man, we've just been hanging out loving on this baby. Oh, I know. He's so sweet. He's so cute. He gained weight on the weight check-in. I think he's the first one of our kids to gain weight on that first weigh-in. Like They do that first weigh-in three or four days later. Yep. And most of them lose weight between birth and that first check-in. But he gained uh, six ounces. Yep. He's doing great. How do you like that? Tongue tie be damned. Yep. He's getting that food down. Yes, he is. Filling up diapers, man. Oh, yeah. Filling up diapers, and I'm filling up trash bags, dude. I hit that, uh, we went over the two-bag quota, so I just started the next bag, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, you clean the garage, too. Yeah, exactly. I was going to say, that'll do it. Cleaning out the garage, I'll fill fill a trash bag and a half right off the bat. (sighs) Feels good, though. Feels good, man. To go into your garage, and it's like performing the function that a garage is supposed to, rather than just being another pile of shit. Uh, that feels nice. Feels nice. It's like the illusion that I'm maybe getting some of my life put back together. <laughs> yeah, we got the Christmas decorations up. I know, we're killing it. I got the house the, is relatively clean. I got we're the light great. up train in the yard even, man. Yes. It's it's currently on right now. I forgot to turn it off. So. I saw it twinkling away. Yeah. Well that's doing the uh doing the hood good. Yes, it is. Giving the Christmas spirit right there on the front lawn. Yeah, there's uh, not very many decorations in our area, which always bums me out. Mm-hmm. I tried to plug in the the lights around the house, and those <laughs> blue lights work, and then the first string of regular lights that goes on the bottom of the house doesn't work, and oh. none of the rest of them work, so. But the blue lights work. Hell yeah, blue lights. Blue lights at least, you know. I didn't plug them in because it doesn't logistically work with the chain, how the chain is set up, the chain of lights, you know. Yeah. But whatever. That's just, impressive. I'm not going to get my, I probably should just get my ass up and take those down. Just yes. take them all down and start over next year, maybe uh, figure something out. Fuck, I don't know. I don't Christmas know. Christmas lights are such a pain in the ass, man. But they're so pretty when you get them done. They are beautiful. Like you step back and you're like, God dang, this house is actually fun to look at when it's all lit up. Yeah. Well, they've been up for what, five years? <laughs> I take them down now. <laughs> something like that. Almost as long as we've lived here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, why take them down now is because I found out they don't work. Oh, come on. This is on. the first year that they didn't work. Really? Yeah, I didn't even, tr- well, I didn't try them last year. I was going to say. But I, the last time I tried them was two years ago and they did work. Oh, very nice. That's all. That's all. Yeah, the chat is suggesting strips. That is the way to go. Because um, we have this icicle lights out front and you open the friggin' storm door and it just catches on the icicle lights. And so like those bulbs eventually just break because they get smacked by that door so often. It's mm-hmm. stupid. I, I I planned it so poorly. And by that, I mean I didn't plan it at all, which is, you know, kind of my style. Just go for it. Grab a ladder and start fucking stapling. Yep. They that's, looked awesome, though. <laughs> that's my style. Uh, but, uh, hey, you know what the bowler style is? Value for value? Value for value. That's the style we all love. It's the style we want to thank you for participating in. And uh, if you're new around the bowl... Uh, well, this is the way it goes, value-for-value value proposition here, which means we just try to put value in the show and we put it out for you, and we say, hey, this is yours up front. Evaluate it, you know, try it out, take a listen, come on in, stay a while, and uh, maybe you get something out of it. Maybe you don't, and that's fine, and uh, man, uh, don't waste your time. If you find this of, of zero value, you're probably 
other shows or uh, TV or, I don't know, computer games that you could be spending your time on. But uh, if you find yourself coming back week after week, bowl after bowl, and you are getting some value, all we ask is that uh, you try to figure out how much is that value and uh, put a number on it, send it back in the form of Satoshis, in the form of doll hairs, in the form of uh, maybe making a mix or a jingle. Uh, like last week, Hey Citizen sent us in that uh, fantastic Beatles cover, which I still have to chop up. Uh, of course, I've been wall-to-wall lately, but I want to chop up and maybe have a segment there, a little node segment or something. There's so much in that. And um, I was talking to my Casey Bitcoiners group because there's been a lot of like, uh, well, I don't get value for value, you know? Or I don't think it's going to be... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it works. I don't know if it's sustainable. There's a lot of doubters, you know, and they come in with this, like, they just don't see it. Uh, and I had to be like, hey, for all the doubters, like, I shared I shared Hey Citizens fixing a node. Nice. Uh, that wonderful song that he uh, mixed last week. And I'm like, how do I put a sats value on this? How do I put a dollar value on this? Like, Hey Citizen, he's out there. He listens to the show. He absorbs the memes every week of the, you know, running a lightning node and the uh, the the joys and the triumphs and the frustrations and the pitfalls that go along with that and the force closes and he puts it all in this brilliantly constructed Beatles cover fixing a node based on fixing a whole uh, Beatles parody and he sends it in how am I going to get that in the advertising model what I would have to hire a guy probably a writer and an artist. Uh, I put it together, then I would, what, storyboard it, then I'd listen to it and say, oh, change this, change that, uh, and then and then what? I got to pay the guy. Like, all of this shit, right? And then I probably in the end don't have as good of a song. Versus value for value. I didn't even ask for this thing. I didn't anticipate it. I didn't know it was coming. I just opened my inbox, and there it is. Fixing a node. Uh, just blows me away. A big surprise. And, and a, frankly, a priceless piece of music. I can't put a, a, a price on that, a value on that. So, appreciate it again, Hey Citizen, but this is just another example of what value for value means. All the bean counters want to just quantify it, of like, oh, my uh, my dollars per thousand users, my, my download numbers, uh, grow your audience, blah, 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 engagement. Um, value for value... It looks beyond all of that. You know, you're not counting beans. You're giving and receiving value. And it's just so much more meaningful and less tangible. But um, we happen to love it. We happen to uh, have experienced kind of a radical life change um, kind of around it. And it's still happening. It's still growing. It continues to catch me off guard or take me by surprise in ways like that. So uh, we always like to thank our producers up front at the beginning of each show every week because that's how much we value your value and uh there's several ways to uh, participate in that we always point to the donate button that's at the bottom of bullafterbull.com which sends you to the paypal if you're still on those fiat fund coupons we don't hate you uh you can still participate uh we're trying not to be like too elitist about the value participation right like why would i make it more difficult for you to give value i want it to be as easy as possible uh, in whatever way you're comfortable. So, uh, let's take a peek at the PayPal, shall we? I know we got our... We shall. ...recurring contributor in here. I just want to... I always want to refresh it. And they're so aggressive with uh, 
how fast they log you out. But we did get our $10 a month donation in from our buddy Dan Gehring over there at Millennial Ooh. Media Offensive. Thank you. So thank you, sir. Uh, and that is one thing that I can say about the PayPal. It's easy to put some recurring uh, payments in there, which really help us out because uh, I have all my monthly auto pays set up to that same account. So the value goes in, the value goes out, keeps the servers running, keeps our website hosted, all those uh, monthly costs that uh, kind of stack up over time and uh, your recurring value contributions offset that. So I would really appreciate that. And of course you can check out the Millennial Media Offensive by going over to MMO.show. They're on the No Agenda stream every Tuesday, just like we are. Uh, and they go live at 5.30 Central U.S. time. Uh, and then we just are the bread in the DH Unplugged sandwich, essentially. So Tuesdays are pretty lit. Pretty lit on the uh, on the stream. Speaking of lit, by the way, we are lit with the live item tag. And uh, you can boost and um, participate in real time. You can boost and stream sats using a nude podcast app. All I got to do is get one to take off all your clothes. And run on over to nudepodcastapps.com. And they can set you up with a nude podcast app. And what's better than that? What's better than that? We like to scroll back and recognize uh, all of our contributors here. And I like to start with my delineator, Harv Hat, who always comes in on the fade out. And uh, that was 1426 days ago from Harv Hat coming out of Boost CLI. So appreciate that, Harv Hat. Thanks, Harv Hat. Um, in the post show, Quarkass hit us with, uh, 4,200 sats. Woo! And, uh, that was out of the Fountain app, fountain.fm. She says, love and props for courageous canine news bits. Super stellar show and content. Dog, heart, wolf, and a hundred emojis. Thanks, Quarkass. Beautiful. Thank you, Quarkass. And then, uh, a 420 right after that from Quarkass out of Fountain. <laughs> She said, cheers for echoing the Bunnyman track earlier. Love it when you dip into the post-punk and dark wave treasure trove chest. And then she's got another series of emojis. Let's see. We got music notes. Thumbs up. Treble clef. 100 emoji and a purple heart. Lovely. Thank you, dear. Thank you, darling. Uh, the test toker hit us out of Podverse for 420. Thank you, test toker. I have my suspicion of who's test toking, but uh, I am not 100% certain. So the I kind of like the mystery. I'm pretty sure uh, who it is, but I like the mystery. A hundred thousand sats from Reverend Cyber Trucker, Woo! who says Wolf Pup. He's coming in out of Fountain as well. Uh, so I appreciate that, Rev. And I think that you're keeping us alive on those Fountain charts because <laughs> I got the uh, tweet yesterday. Uh, A tweet once eh? again uh, hit the top ten. I think they've been pretty regularly putting that top ten tweet out on Mondays now. Um, but yeah, they, they always are switching it up. I never know what's going to uh, go on next over there at Fountain. Always changing things. Thanks, Rev. Thank you very much, Rev. We appreciate your boosts. Uh, then we got a lot of live boosts but for the, um, show that we did with Effortless. Of course, if you boost that show, uh, now and forever, a third of that goes to Effortless. So it's another cool way that we can actually directly get our guests in on this value for value concept. And we give a third of the split to our guests. And uh, then we can sort of, a lot of these guests, that's their first sets. That's their first interaction with Bitcoin at all. So they're kind of, 
it's a nice way to onboard people who aren't uh, aren't in the club yet. And then there's others who have been using Bitcoin but have never used the Lightning Network or have never used Albi or have never experienced um, this V for V live interaction with boosting. And so even for people who are already using Bitcoin in other ways, it's always fun to uh, kind of pop a new cherry regardless. Uh, so let's see. After Effortless raft wrapped up, we had... Net Ned coming in on the post show. He did a song request, which took me a while to figure out uh, what was going on because, of course, I was deep behind the curtain by then. Uh, you made up for it. I did make up for it. He sent thirty three thirty three cents at a fountain, and he said for Booberry Lavish, the Sir Spencer, and the Dame Delorean, high voltage, and uh, of course, pasted the link to the song "High Voltage" by Electric Six, which is a fantastic jam that you might catch us uh, getting rowdy to after the post show every once in a while. Oh, yeah. Uh, 10,000 sex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh. 10,000 sex from uh, Dank Steady out of Fountain. And uh, no note. So thank you, Dank Steady. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, 888 coming in from Abel Kirby. Woo. Much love, Abel Kirby. Uh, out of CurioCaster, that's where he's boosting from, and uh, he says boost for BWB. Oh, Abel Kirby, I finally did remember to call him. Yes, first call in the new vehicle. That's right. Yeah, it was nice. the first call I made over uh, the Subaru's little Bluetooth caller thing, Collie Collie. And uh, he made me blush because he said that he was listening to the effortless thing, and he said I sounded uh, like a professional interviewer. I was like, shut up, man. Come on. And then he immediately was like, I hope that doesn't offend you. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it it's, uh, means a lot coming from uh, uh, Abel Kirby. I think he's a far, a far more professional man than myself. Uh, next up, 3323, coming from Servo yeah, out right. of Curio Caster. Thanks, Servo. He's boosting that effortless show, and he just says, Night Slut. That was yesterday, so thank you. He's happy to hear the Night Slut, as we were all. It was a great show. Uh, hey, Citizen coming in from uh, Podverse this time. He's sending 16,969. So that's a 16969. 69! 69, dude! And uh, he says, in the bowl, love the littlest hobo, Canada's David Carradine. There you go. Fantastic. So he was uh, referring to the littlest hobo. That was the intro music Effortless sent me for that show. Um, and then we, I thought we would talk more about it, but we were just topic to topic to topic. We were just jumping. He was going a mile a minute. It was a fascinating conversation. I had to keep up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he had me on my toes for sure. Uh, let's see. 8969 from Pyronessi. That's a All new, right. that's a new name for me. So welcome Pyronessi. I hope, I hope I'm saying that right. I think Piranesi has, uh, and I said it different. Piranesi. So excuse me if I'm uh, wrong. I'm but probably the one that's saying it bad. I think uh, they've boosted before. Uh, you might be right about that, now that you mention it. And of course, my helipad is acting a fool, so I'm having to use your helipad. I think there's certain ones I just don't see. Uh, most of them seem to be from Fountain, but I don't know if that's a factor or not. Uh, it's kind of hmm. hard to tell. I'm, I'm just in the dark when it comes to troubleshooting these things, like... Uh, it's written in Rust. I have never wrote a line of Rust or read a line of Rust. I don't know Rust. So I just don't know, like, the first place to start to troubleshoot these things. Like, uh, 
Is it missing something in the database? How is it building and keeping the database? I just don't know. Don't know. I might have to reach out to Dave. Yep. But uh, call Pier- a friend. Piranesi uh, with eighty nine sixty nine sets says, "Yes, nice, yes, yes." Thank you. Uh, forty two sixty nine from Harv Hat. That's his calling card for right when we go live with the live item tag and we send our pod ping out. He hops on the boost CLI and he boosts from his own node like a sovereign son of a bitch. Uh, and he did indeed do that again today. So thank you, Harv Hat. Appreciate that. We got thirty three thirty three out of Fountain from Bully Steed next up, and she says bull preparedness initiated. That was the last song warning uh, right before the beginning of the show she was prepared Ooh, bully. Thank and we you. had uh 10101 next from c dubs he was boosting with his albi wallet using the podcast index feature and uh 10101 sats he sends a man with his arms up in the air Woo! hooray it's the hooray hands you know it's the uh they're doing the wave the backslash with the little circle with the forward slash fantastic uh, 1821 sats from Pfeiffer. You know, that's a... Missouri smash boost there from Pfeiffer. And he says... <laughs> smoking weed, smoking whiz, doing coke, drinking beers, drinking beers, 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 rolling fatty, smoking blunts. Who smokes the blunts? We smoke the blunts. Yeah. Excellent. Thanks, those, Pfeiffer. Those blunts have been smoked now, that's for sure. That's what we got. We have blunts here. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, we've got them. Uh, let's see. What's next? 3333 from Servo. All right. Coming out of Curio Caster. And uh, 6969 from our man Pfeiffer again. 6969, dudes! Another Curio Caster boost. He says, let's bowl. Yeah, uh, let's bowl. Let's bowl indeed. 3333 coming in from Bully Steed. Out of Fountain says, DeLorean and Sir Spencer rolling tunage. Uh, people really get hyped for the pre-show, which uh, I, I'm all all about. All about the pre-show. I love it. Uh, just gets me in the mood, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. Then we have five threes. Count them. 33, 333. From Guzman of the Midwest. All right. Thank you. He's coming in out of Podverse as well. Boosting that live tag. Uh, Podverse is killing it with that live item. You can get it in CurioCaster, you can get it in Podverse, you can get it in Boost CLI. Uh, everywhere else, you're kind of, um, you got to wait until the show's published to boost the right splits. It's, it's, uh, it's a thing everyone's working on. Everyone's working on it. Uh, Guzman tells us, I bowl when I wake, I bowl when I sleep, I bowl on every token Tuesday of the week. Yeah. He's bowling all the time. I love it. So thank you so much. Thank you, all the bowlers, for your tremendous support. And um, you missed one. Did I? Of mm-hmm. course I did. Yeah. 8888 Weed and Titties Boost from Lavish. Oh, yeah. Our friend from behind the schemes. There it right is. There it right is. I there it right by. is. There it right is, man. Boost, man. 8888 indeed from Lavish. He's boosting out a fountain. And all caps, my friend. Weed and titties. Uh, Well, I've got something for you. I'm just a nigga that loves titties. There we go. So there's the titty love. Uh, thank you very much, sir. We appreciate all you do. And uh, you can check them out. Behindtheschemes.com. You got to make the E's be threes in schemes. Behind the S-C-H-3-M-3-S.com. 
every Monday. Every Monday. Well, thank you again. Did I miss any others? I'm glad that you are... Uh... Not that I've noticed. Okay. Uh, ping me in the chat. <laughs> if, if, if my eyes are deceiving me. Is my eyes deceiving me? But I was trying to keep up. Is my eyes deceiving me? Just asking for a friend. Oh, man. Of course, there's other ways to contribute value to the bowl. Not just with your treasure. You can send your talent in with art. Lovely jingles and songs like the one Hey Citizen made. Uh, what else? You can pass the bowl to a friend. Hello. That's the simplest. Or you can leave us a voicemail. You can just say hi, or you can answer the first time I ever topic. This week, we want to hear about the first time you ever got fired. All you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816 That's right, we'll play it. We won't screen it. If you're voice shy or have shitty reception, you can send us a text message. Also heckin' valid, as the Redditors say. Heckin' valid, my friend. <laughs> it works. Uh, titty pictures also heckin' valid. Uh, they work. They come to the inbox. It's been tested and proven to uh, actually be doable. So how about that? How do you like that? Uh, what else we got going on? This is a fantastic uh, little segment we usually roll into after this, isn't there? There is. Uh, I want to remember that. Gets the name me of hyped it. up. It's something like. Well, it makes me want to build a node. It makes me want to be fixing a node where my sats come in, as uh, Hey Hay Citizen pointed out last week. And, uh, man, I've uh, been threatening, but I haven't really done anything to change my setup, and so i got a couple more course closes. I'm just getting a couple, a couple every week. Uh, in fact, MMO, uh, Dan's node force closed on me this week, so. Aww. Um, my apologies. It's my fault. I don't know why, but, uh, <laughs> someday I'll figure it out, I'm sure. Until then, though, hey, I mean, the, the boosts keep boosting. Yeah, it doesn't always show up in Helipad, but the invoice does get uh, paid usually, almost always. So, at least there's that. It's working in some sense. The value is coming through, I can assure you. Uh, man, a wild, uh, wild shit stain of cocaine this week, and everybody's talking about the number one story. Uh, they went and they arrested his fat ass, I guess. Sam, mm. Sam Bankman Fried arrested in the Bahamas. Uh, U.S. government filed criminal charges and will likely seek extradition, according to the Bahamanian government. The Office of the Attorney General of the Bahamas announced the arrest by the Royal Bahamas Police Force of uh, SBF, they call him, former CEO of FTX, and all the other goddamn letters that you throw together when you talk about this shit. Um, yeah, they want to extradite him, pull his ass back. Uh, sealed indictment! whoop de doop uh, filed by the Southern District of New York, who I guess does everything. And um, I think it may have been unsealed by the time uh, I'm talking to you right now, by the time you're hearing my voice. 
but I have not had the chance to dig further on it. I just have the uh, initial announcements. Uh, meanwhile, the newly appointed CEO of FTX, Mr. Fixer, John J. Ray III, uh, famous for the guy who put on a hazmat suit and cleaned Enron up after the fallout. Uh, he's the one tidying up uh, SBF's litter box over there at FTX. And uh, he appeared in front of the House Financial Services Committee with a little update. <laughs> and uh, apparently FTX uh, did invoicing and expenses over Slack and used QuickBooks. Oh, boy. Which is a, you know, just a plebeian tax software like you and I would use if we didn't have a guy to go to, which, uh, get a guy, it's way better. Fuck QuickBooks. Um, but yeah, they he told uh, Congress today that uh, <laughs> the quote here is, nothing against QuickBooks. Very nice tool, Ray said. <laughs> it's not for a multi-billion dollar company. No, that's for certain. Uh, but yeah, it just kind of further goes to point out the the whole overarching theme of this big FTX pop and the Alameda Research pop uh, and everything that Sam Bankman-Fried touched popping is just uh, apparently everything comes back to a very small group of grossly inexperienced and unsophisticated individuals, according to Mr. Ray. And uh, he also further, te further testified that FTX had virtually no internal controls and no separateness whatsoever between themselves and Alameda Research, which was also founded by uh, SBF. Oh, man, what a mess. So it's just like a bunch of kids running around being hot shots, playing with way too much money and being over in over their heads. Am I uh, 100% for sure that uh, nobody knows nothing and it's just a bunch of dumb kids? It seems kind of convenient, but I don't know. Something tells me that there's a little bit more going on here than uh, just, like, four dumb kids. Yeah, look you at know? the parents. Look at the parents, look <laughs> at the... What, where's all this money coming from? Mm. Where is all this money coming from? Oh, that's the sound of another boost coming in, by the way. Uh, from Dave Jones, speak of the devil. Ooh. Much love, Dave. He's sending in 10,000 sats from CurioCaster. And he says, uh, I used you guys as an example in the blog post I just published. Oh, thanks for being such pioneers in podcasting 2.0. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Dave. For being the uh, A number one. Yeah, Pod Sage. Pioneer. The Pod Sage himself, Dave Jones. Thank you. Live podcasting the open way on his Substack. Yes, I will have to grab that. I'm excited. That will be in the next uh, Cocaine Shit State next week. How about that? Yeah. I'll Break. throw it in the show notes tonight, too. Breaking, no breaking news in the bowl. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate that. Um, that's fantastic. I have it pulled up. I'll read it right after the show. This is great. Awesome. Uh, what else do we got? Um, Gary Gensler, chair of the SEC, is coming under a lot of fire, especially from Minnesota Representative Tom Immer, who has been kind of on a, the war path this week against uh, Gensler. On Sunday, he was demanding that uh, Gensler speak before Congress about his approach to regulating cri crypto. According to Emmer, Gensler has repeatedly dodged Congress at the expense of investors. He hasn't publicly appeared before the House Financial Services since October of 2021. And uh, he left us to learn about the SEC's crypto investigations, like the one in the FTX, through the media. And um, he's basically saying 
that uh, Gensler needs to come testify before Congress and answer questions about the cost of his regulatory failures. So that guy's under fire, man. Today, uh, Immer added in his, he just keeps firing off these tweets. Uh, he's posted receipts that Gary Gensler knows the FTX was fraudulent from its inception. Um, and yet he had uh, more meetings with SBF than anyone in the space to discuss a crypto regulatory framework designed to benefit FTX alone. Hmm. Of course, we hear that as part of the uh, narrative about this contagion in the FTX fallout that uh, SBF was really making heavy moves to sweeten up the, all the players in Washington and get sort of favorable regulations for his company uh, at the expense of other rivals. Um, we got more pin slappage, by the way. Love it. Should update this. Uh, uh, Bully Steed coming in 12,360. 12,360 from Fountain. Speaking truth to power, David versus Goliath. Thank you. Very nice. And Quirk S, a 4,200, also out of Fountain. Congrats, Sats, for the new Mamma Jamma Pack Mobile and Woo Boost for Niles Crane. <laughs> Audio. Thumbs up 100. Clink those champagne glasses. We love you. What else is going on in the crypto world? Breeze had a huge announcement today. They've raised four and a half million bucks in another round of fundraising to accelerate their Lightning as a Service product, uh, which is a uh, basically it's the Breeze SDK that they're working on. It's a non-custodial uh, drop-in SDK software development kit that basically allows any company to integrate P2P payments and give users access to their Bitcoin from any device or app. It's an API that you can call upon to spin up uh, personal nodes or wallets in a non-custodial way. Uh, and it leverages, I'm trying to find the details here, um, but this Lightning as a service. They're, they're, uh, Roy over there is just is just making huge moves at Breeze. So uh, let's see. This funding round led by EgoDeath Capital and Entree Capital, but uh, other industry funders participating, Hivemind Ventures, Fulger Ventures, Hawk Digital Inf Innovation, and Bitcoiner Ventures. Uh, Bitcoiner Ventures, excuse me. So uh, still killing it over there. And Breeze really plans to use their SDK as a way to massively uh, scale adoption on this on this lightning network basically make it so that regular everyday people aren't going to have to go through the pain of running a node and liquidity management and keeping channels stable and all of that different kind of thing they can um still have full custody and sovereignty of their bitcoin on their end without having to worry about the behind the scenes node running so well, that sounds awesome. Um, I'm excited to watch the development of that. I know that uh, we've been hearing about uh, the whispers and rumors of this for a long time via Podcasting 2.0 and other circles, but uh, now they got some funding to really help uh, push it forward. Um, let's see, what else? There's a big contest, Legends of Lightning Tournament, that just wrapped up. This is by this is run by Nuts and Bolts, uh, Bolt Fun. You can go to boltfun.substack.com to uh, see their substack. But they had a contest, Legends of Lightning 2022. They did a nine-week uh, contest and had makers work on different Lightning apps, Lightning implementations. And uh, they've announced the winners. So the top overall winner, the legend for this year, was an app called LightSats. 
So LightSats is a pre-coiner self-on-ramp via tips and gifts. They take recipients by the hand, educate them about Bitcoin, instruct them on how to self-custody, and show them how they can actually use Bitcoin right away. And it looks like you can... Uh, we'll have a link to that to access that. Yes. Um, but makers.bolt.fun slash projects slash LightSats. Uh, that was the big winner. And it looks pretty cool. It's like a nice uh, intro for the like people who are like, oh, my mom can't use it. Send them to LightSats. Just get them started. Get them started with some lessons, tips, a little bit of uh, free sats as well. You can also gift people sats without losing them. So what's nice about that is uh, uh, I think there's a way you can just basically set the sats up for them to receive, and then if they never get on or figure it out, you don't actually lose them until they go and retrieve them. There's no like limbo space where they're just nowhere, mm. which is nice. Uh, Runner-ups included Agrament, which is a self-sovereign micro-banking application for agriculture communities in Africa. It was an overall runner-up, but took first place in the Building for Africa track. And also uh, Best Design in the Building for Africa track. So Agrament aims to be Africa's next community savings technology. There is also another runner-up, uh, Mutiny Web. Mutiny Web is a bold experiment to create a self-lightning wallet, or a node, inside of a browser. They did it using LDK. Uh, and the project rewrote the score of what is possible with lightning on the web. So we'll have uh, links to those top three in the show notes. But there's a bunch of different um, honorable mentions and uh, podium winners here. LNVPN kind of was interesting to me too. It's a privacy-focused VPN provider that only accepts lightning payments. Uh, and another service they offer is one-time usage telephone numbers to receive KYC codes. So if you need to verify with a phone number, they like you know are trying to KYC you, and they need to text a code to a phone number. Uh, LNVPN will spin you up a telephone number that you can use one time to you know use this confirmation code. Kabam! Simple as. <laughs> runners up. I've been admonished in the chat. These other runners up. Uh, but yeah, that was kind of cool to see some new uh, implementations with Lightning. Uh, what was not cool to see, Coinbase received 12,320 government demands for customer info this year, uh-huh. uh, which is up 66% from last year, which is a double 33, if you're paying attention. Uh-oh. They're at home. Uh, about 80% of law enforcement requests from the US, UK, Germany, and Spain combined. Fantastic. Yes, and the US is by far and away the leader with... Almost 5,000 requests uh, from us alone. Second place is the UK at 1,700. So yeah, that's cool on Coinbase. They're uh, out there looking for you. Out there looking for you. The Transparency Report just published by Coinbase uh, yesterday. So it's fantastic. They kind of talk about... They talk about all of it without talking about it too much. You know, like there's an FAQ at the end of this release, this Transparency Report, uh, asking things like... uh, does Coinbase provide governments with direct access to com- customer information? No, they don't give it uh, any government in any jurisdiction direct access to customer information. Uh, I guess they just copy it and paste it yeah. <laughs> into a report. 
Exactly. Um, we give them what they ask for. Not directly. Right, but, yeah, just know. indirectly. We don't, screenshot. Like, we don't let them log into our system. We just log into our system ourselves and print your info off and send it to them. Yeah, we'll fax it over. Yeah. Does Coinbase challenge or reject government requests? Coinbase may challenge government and law enforcement requests depending on the particular circumstances of each request. Under certain circumstances, we may ask the government or law enforcement agency to narrow their request. Yeah. Mm. Fantastic. So will we fight for you? Uh, in certain circumstances, we will kind of fight for you sometimes. <laughs> what, what are the circumstances? I don't know. Certain ones. Cer- yeah. Certainly certain ones. A vague certain. Yeah. Mm. Lovely. Lovely and fantastic. Um, and yes, that's... Uh, I want to thank Servo, by the way, for sending us the FTX story using QuickBooks and uh, sending invoices over Slack. That's always fun. It's always, it's always worth a chuckle. Absolute plebs. What can we say? That's our, uh, that's our cocaine for the day. All right. Well, you saw the double 33 in that last story. Yes, I did. And I've got a top three 33, as always. Killer. Here's a great one. I love stories like this. A 33-year-old man was arrested for his wife's murder after he called and requested a welfare check on her. So cops show up at his Maryland home, find her dead from gunshot wounds, and are like, hmm, who could have done this? <laughs> right. The guy who called us. Mysterious. Ugh. Don't call the cops on yourself. I mean, don't shoot and kill your wife, but don't call the cops on yourself if you do. Several Stupid. mistakes were made. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a day full of mistakes for this man. Uh, then I saw this story that came back up after uh, the lanes last week. It was kind of timely. 33 kids went shopping with a cop in Bedford County, Virginia. Hot damn. So Just with one cop? A cop per kid. Okay, all right, okay. Each kid gets a cop <laughs> to shop with them. <laughs> shop looks so good. Yeah, shop with a cop. There's some terrible name like that. If it rhymes, it doesn't have to make sense. I don't make the rules. <laughs> it doesn't have to make sense. It's still true because it rhymed. Yeah, uh, so this community raised $11,000 for this event. Um, And then Bedford Family Services picked out the families where the kids could go shopping with a cop as a way to try and humanize the police officers to these kids because they're kids who have had pretty bad experiences with cops, I'm guessing. You know, they Mm -hmm. are the people that show up when bad shit starts happening. And maybe make worse shit happen. So each kid was allotted $75 for clothes, $75 for toys, and then the parents got 50 bucks. And I did a little math here, and uh, turns out that's about 200 bucks per kid, which is a nice Christmas, you know? Yeah, not nice bad, Christmas not from the cops, I guess. But that totals out to $6,600. Where's the rest of the money that was raised? Are these cops being paid out of this fund to go shopping? Uh, administrative costs, you know, overhead, man. Like, it's not free. <laughs> I want to know where's the money. And I could find no answers on, on, on it, of course. So When they uh, go shopping, you know, they have to keep the squad car out in the parking lot running still. 
Ah, yes, of course. So, you know, it's not free to keep a squad car running in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's also not free is uh, shopping with a cop because they are asking questions to these kids the whole time. Oh. So it's like, it's like an interrog- <laughs> get interrogated by a cop while you shop? Yeah. But they also are like, hey, kid, you can ask me questions, too. Okay. I'm, I'm the good guy. All right. You know? I'm into that. It's one of those. It's one of questions. those. Hey, tell Big Brother about what you've seen lately. That's how I took it as I read this article. <laughs> it's very spooky. Yeah, well, you got to figure it out somehow. Yeah. And finally, exploding Takata airbags blamed for another death, bringing the total to 33. All right. Just in time to write an article. Yes, that's 33 worldwide. Worldwide. So, you know, 24 in the United States. But we got to 33 somewhere, so... Ta-da! Associated Press is on the case. (laughs) Yeah, then there were 400 injuries from these damn things. I guess they they were installed into Hondas. So, if you've been getting recalls on your Honda, you might want to take it in. Take it in before you get bonked. Taken care of. This is actually the largest series of auto recalls in U.S. history. Oof. There were 100 million worldwide, with 67 million in the United States. That's big oofs, my man. Yeah, the first death attributed to these airbags was in 2009. So they've been trying to get a hold of people for a while. Mm. But, you know, I remember having a car with a lot of recalls, and I can tell you, I didn't always bring it in for service. Yeah. Because I'm lazy. (laughs) It's just a pain in the ass when you get them so often, you know? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Recall after recall. (laughs) But yeah, I guess that uh, this ammonium nitrate that is put into the airbags becomes volatile over time. So when it gets warm out in the summer, it can just explode. Fuck that. Or if you have like a little fender bender, that can just rattle it enough to blow up. Yeah. Oh my God. No good. No bueno. But you know what is good? Going back behind the curtain. Oh, shit, yeah. I love doing that. And I kind of wonder if uh, this is the last time I'll be able to play this this little ditty over here. Uh-oh. Hey, good old shoe. Good old shoe. Hey, it's on repeat, but that's my good old Britney shoe. <laughs> good old shoe. Big they news. brought back good old shoe. <laughs> they brought her back. She came uh, back to the United States over the weekend, and last I heard, Brittany, Brittany Griner, of course, uh, to New Bowlers, is at a military facility in Texas, you know, playing some basketball on the court there. Yep. uh, Was greeted with a Christmas tree and some barbecue. That's a good old welcome home, I tell you what. Yeah, yeah. And, uh... There was a new talking point this week that we picked up on on the last bowl, but they succinctly worded it. Oh, yeah. One or none. <laughs> okay, one or none, yeah. Yeah, it got fleshed out yep. from last bowl to this one when they made the announcement that Brittany was coming home, Paul Whalen was going to be left behind. Next time. We'll get you next time, Paul. <laughs> we really need the basketball chick, though. Yeah, so we know you've been there since 2018, Paul, but it's Britney, bitch. He should lo- 
Oh, shit. Now, I, I'm not even going to be able to ISO that. I'm sorry. It's Grittany, bitch. There, you can ISO that one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, there is one thing I'm pretty upset about, and that is this tarmac footage. I cannot find it without a jump cut. Why is there a jump cut? Have you seen this? I haven't seen the jump cut. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, there's like Brittany walking to the little private plane in Russia, mm-hmm. and then they go to her getting off, and she's on a plane, and I think it's um, I think it's Karsten's, maybe, from the special Envoy for Hostage Affairs. It's like, do you know where you're going? And Brittany's like, no. And he's like, you're going home. And then Brittany's like, really? I'm trying to make my voice as low as fucking possible. It's pretty good. Uh, but anyways, yes, so there's, it shows them on the tarmac making the trade, the swap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was, where did this take place? In Saudi Arabia? Ah, United, neutral ground. Yeah, it was a neutral ground. Uh, funny story later on that, though. Okay. Um. Let's see. I want to make sure. No, Abu Dhabi. To be specific. Recall after recall. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. Cottonjin is isoing this show live. He's pretty based. He's on a new level with it, man. Uh, so yeah, they arrived in the United Arab Emirates capital, Abu Dhabi, and of course, Boot gets out of his private plane from America. She gets out of her private plane with the handlers, and the jump cut happens. As everyone starts shaking hands, and what it seems like is whoever released this footage might have edited out the part where Grittany shakes hands with Boot, Victor Boot, the Hmm. merchant of death. Why would you want to edit that out? I don't know. It's very suspicious. (laughs) Sapoy, sapoy. Sapoy, sapoy. It made me wonder about the whole thing. Uh, at a slightly different angle. Yeah. She's very spooky. Yeah, we've been saying this since the very beginning. Yes, of course. Um, Being in the basketball world, there's a lot of powerful nations involved with her life. Right. But what if this was just her playing for Russia just to get boot? (laughs) I mean, the whole thing could have been a very long con, you know? Yeah, a very long con. Very long con. I mean, she didn't really have to do much time in this uh, penal colony, you know? That's true. Like, she got there, and then they're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll, we'll get her out for boot. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to post a link in the chat to the tarmac video. Very um, weird, man. Yeah. So anyways, also weird was this joint statement that came out um, from the... Saudi Arabian crown prince saying that he led the mediation to release Griner. This is a very bold statement. Don't you think? I do. Um, so it's like, what? How, how are you involved? Are you on the phone with Russia making moves saying uh, free Gritney? Yeah, everybody's coming out to take pre- credit and spike the football at the end. Yeah, and yes, of course, they land in neutral, seemingly neutral territory. Yeah. Um, the Saudis. Yeah. Now, this the source, too, like, there's a backup source. So the prince comes out, is like, yeah, I helped mediate her release. But a, and this, I love these, fully attributed sources, like a high-level source in the Gulf, said 
that the United Arab Emirates was trusted by both parties and really helped facilitate the exchange. Yeah, I'm pretty high-level source myself. All I could think about was how uh, they're kind of viewed as allied with Russia when it comes to oil. Right. You know? And so the United well, States... They, you know, they're, they're, they're big friends of ours, too, and, and also yes. not. It's like, uh, it's a complicated relationship, remember? Oh, for sure. For like, sure. Like, uh, anytime we got some weapons, they, like, buy them all up. It's great. It's f- great for business. Uh, but there was that whole 9-11 thing where all the hijackers were Saudis, according to official sources familiar with the newspaper articles at the time. Yeah, and, like, passports found, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like, those surviving passports were all Saudi. Huh. So, you know, what's that all about? But we, we went after uh, Bin Laden for it. It's all very complicated, you know? Yeah. Lots of ins, lots of outs, what have you. Another interesting happening on this timeline was that the CIA director, William Burns, met with a Russian foreign intelligence chief by the name of Sergei Narashkin. Hmm. And they met in Turkey in November. And, I mean, we're not that far into December, you know, roughly halfway through the month. And Gritney's home. Gritney's home. Was Britney's- that the was? Did something get said at that meeting that really you know moved it? Moved the uh, goalpost? I guess it's very fascinating, isn't it? This whole long haul. I mean, you gotta imagine maybe one possible scenario is, oh, we have had Wayland for so long, they are not budging on Merchant of Death. Gritney, perhaps they want you more. I mean, the whole thing. This is what really. It was just frustrating from the jump is the whole thing is supposedly about a dirty, empty weed cart, oil cart. Yeah, that's what they blamed it on. And uh, our thesis from the very beginning is like, you don't swap the merchant of death for a basketball player with the fucking weed bust. That's not what's happening. So whatever the official story and the official narrative is, and whatever we swapped for, like, the reason it doesn't make any sense at all is because that's not what's actually going on. There's just no way. Agreed. Would you like to hear Biden's remarks on this whole thing? Oh, he spoke a sentence? <laughs> well, that's kind of what I clipped as a... This dusty man. This dusty man at the podium. Did he get it out? Yeah, let's, uh, you know, start here. I was hoping we would hear from These him. These past few months have been hell for Brittany and for Charlie. What did he say? Brittany and... Shirley? Charlene. Char- 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 oh, Charlene. He's trying to say Charlene, but then he's trying to say Shirley, but neither of those is right. <laughs> and it just comes out the way it... <laughs> out. For Charlene. And she represents the best America, best about America. It is across the board, everything about her. Brittany. We never forgot about Brittany. We've not forgotten about Paul Whelan who's been unjustly detained in Russia for years. Unjustly detained. This was not a choice of which American to bring home. Sadly, for totally illegitimate reasons, Russia is treating Paul's case differently than Brittany's. And while we have not yet succeeded in securing Paul's release, we are not giving up. We will never give up. We also want to prevent any more American families from suffering this pain and separation. And I strongly urge, I strongly urge all Americans to take precautions, including reviewing the State Department's travel advisories before they travel overseas. 
which now includes warnings about the risk of being wrongfully detained by a foreign government. Yes, travel abroad and you too could be wrongfully detained. However, if you aren't a spook or a basketball player or some other celebrity, you probably won't get released. You know, you'll just kind of yeah, sit there for a while. You'll just be busting rocks for the rest of your days. Like Mark Fogel. Right. He had some medical weed on him. He got 14 years, but no one talks about that. Well, you know, we gave away the merchant of death for this one, and we just got to collect the, the merchant of war and, and the merchant of famine and, and then pestilence, and we get our the rest of our guys back. That's right. That's all it takes. Well, then, Sherelle was at the podium, too, with the Dusty Man, and uh, she decided to thank some people. So I clipped out her list of people she thanked and then looked them all up. <laughs> nice. I knew we could count on you. Yeah, I didn't recognize a few of the names, you know, so. Ben, there's been so many hands involved, and so I'd like to take a moment to just specifically mention a few. Uh, Vice President Harris, Secretary okay. Blinken, Jake Sullivan, Joss Geltzer from the National Security Council, Roger Cartson and Fletcher Schoen from the Hostage Envoys Office. Um, a special thank you to Governor Richardson and Mickey um, the Mercury Players, the WMB PA for your advocacy. And also, um, you guys may not know this, but um, my family has been tremendously supported by the Washington um, Agency, BG's agent, um, Lindsay Colas. It's just been amazing for me and my family throughout this process. Two uh, observations. Yes. First, I didn't know Fletcher had a hand in getting her home. I didn't either. Shout out to Fletcher. But you know what? I did. I, I sewed that also uh, right here. Fletcher. Perfect. Yep. Uh, also. Good work. <laughs> I didn't hear no top of mind Joe Biden. No, no Biden. <laughs> she started with Vice. <laughs> yeah. She started with Kamala. I thought that was very interesting. Kamala also. make you holla. Uh, so we got. That's hilarious. You know, Jake Sullivan. National Security Advisor. Mm -hmm. Josh Geltzer. Uh, kind of creepily involved with this New America group, mm. which is run by some academics and uh, CEO of Climate Leadership Council. That's yeah. fun. Uh, but he's National Security Council. Roger D. Carstens, who starts to play a bigger role this past week as he was on the tarmac with Grittany and rode the plane home with her. Went over there to get her, I guess. Serious nut flexing. And, uh, it's all very spooky. The Showed whole new America CNN. thing, very spooky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fletcher Schoen. Uh, he's with Roger D. Carson's in the special, uh, what do they call it? CIHA, Special Envoy for Hostage Affairs. Then, of course, there's the former New Mexico governor, Bill Richardson, a very well-known Clinton spook who has been name-dropped in the sex scandals of the Jeffrey Epstein Island shenanigans. Giggity. That's fun. Uh, Mickey. Mouse? I was wondering that same thing. Because I didn't, you know what, this one I literally have a question mark here. Lord of the Rodents, really? I mean, I'm not surprised, but I'm also intrigued. I, the placement next to Bill Richardson is like, okay, is it maybe like Bill Richardson's intern? What kind of Mickey Mouse I, bullshit is this? I didn't see a wife mentioned uh, for Mr. Richardson. So Mickey Mouse, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. And then uh, the Wasserman Agency. Mm. Of course, this is like talent recruiting for um, 
sports ball players. Casting couch. Casting couch for Olympians. With Lindsay Colas being name dropped as uh, Britney's agent. I almost said handler, but you know. What's agent. the difference? Um, and I've decided that this woman, she grooms activists. It's a term so great, you can't hardly say it. No doubt. But activists, you know? Yeah. It's like, you got the couch, you make the, uh, some sort of big old news story show up, and then bam, activism life. Because now you know Britney is sucked into this. We have to free all the Americans from Russia, yeah. especially Paul. She's got to fight for Paul now. Well, that's the awkward spot you're put in once you're released from some shit, is just like, now you owe people favors, you know? Yes. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Carson, he showed up on CNN talking about how, oh, she she talked 12 hours out of the 18 on the plane. And I was like, ooh, that's some good intel, I bet. You know? It's not just all, hey, how was your day? Oh, it's good. How are the kids? How's the wife? <laughs> We'll find out. Um, Tell me about every rock you busted in the penal colony. I don't think she uh, even was sent out to the rocks, you know? Maybe she sat at a sewing machine for a minute, but she really wasn't there. Like, they have a two-week quarantine for new inmates in which they just try to suck all the intel out of them. Right. And uh, I don't know if she really even got past that Just intro feed them period. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and ask about their cousins and shit. Yeah, exactly. Ask about all the handlers. Well, I thought I had a. Oh yeah, here we go. Here's what Roger D. Carstens had to say on CNN just a few nights back. It's always kind of a, uh, an exciting moment when you jump on the other uh, country's plane and walk up to an, a person, in this case, Brittany. And I'll tell you what I told her. I said, uh, Brittany, my name is Ambassador Roger Carstens. I'm with the U.S. Department of State. On be- and on behalf of the President of the United States, Joe Biden, and Secretary of State Tony Blinken, I'm here to take you home. Mm. And at that moment, I think uh, every person finally starts to realize that it's going to happen. It's setting in. Certainly, Brittany felt that way. And at that point, we have to go through a little more of the choreography to get her on the plane. It usually takes about three minutes. I stopped it there. <laughs> That's my whole clip because I thought that was interesting wording. The choreography of getting on the plane. Choreography. For a jump cut edited video and no photos. I wanted to see all these like photos of her. You know, you yeah. know I just well, don't. Saudi Arabia has a much tighter leash on their press. Yeah, and editing the video, I guess. So, for... yeah, whatever got out was, like, only strictly what they wanted out. Yeah. Also, didn't he sound weird the way he said his name? He did. He it sounded was... like a, he thought... had to practice saying his own name over and over to get it right for that interview or something, and he <laughs> yeah. still didn't quite land I it. I want to hear it one more time if I can find it. Walk up to an, a person, in this case, Brittany, and I'll tell you what I told her. I said, uh, Brittany, my name's Ambassador Roger Carstens. Master. Ambassador. Ambassador Roger Carstens. <laughs> uh, my hearing's not so good. My name's Bastard Roger Carstens. Yeah, it sounded like a few different things. Ambassador. Ambassador. Mm-hmm. Oh, that checks out. Yep, that's his title. <laughs> <laughs> and we got a 50-minute press conference out of KJP. Oh, boy. Green Jean-Pierre. This was Friday, December 8th, and she started off with the reason why 
uh, Britney got released. On a personal note, Brittany is more than an athlete, more than an Olympi Olympian. She is an important role model and inspiration to millions of Americans, particularly the LGBTQI plus Americans and women of color. She should never have been detained by Russia. And uh, we are, I am, deeply proud of the work that the president has done, this administration has done, to get her home. Yeah. Man, she could have done a little bit more spiking in the football for all the grief that she's had over it, you know? I'd expect her to be out on that podium like, What do you motherfuckers ask me about Brittany Griner right now? But she didn't. No, no. It was kind of sloppy, too. She kind of just did the same thing she always does, like, read off of the thing poorly. Yes, read off of the thing poorly. But I just love this, like, oh, she is the best of America. You know, like, she's a patriot now, and... I'm like, huh? Is this the same, the kneeling for the anthem, girl? Patriot? I mean, it's an incredibly low-hanging fruit, but I was delighted to see the number one uh, meme spread about this was like uh, everyone saying the same hot take of this is the first in, uh, this is the first WNBA trade that's made headlines. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> that's hilarious. Incredible. Oh, what else did KJP say? I've got some clips here. I listened to the whole dang thing. I understand how the deal went down and what the Russians were willing to give, but how do you dispel the public perception that if you are a celebrity or a professional athlete, you get preferential treatment in a situation like this? Look, I, I want to be very clear here, um, and I think we, we, you know, we tried to lay this out in, in a clear way as well. So the president did, and my colleagues, as you've heard from them from the NSC, this was not a choice uh, for us on of which American to bring home. That was not the choice. Uh, it was a choice between bringing home one American or bringing home none. And we brought one home today, and that is important to note. And just like we were able to bring home Trevor Reed back in April. And uh, through every step of this process, we have sought to bring Paul Whalen home. And that will not change. That will continue to be our commitment. Uh, again, regrettably, due to nature of the total, totally illegitimate uh, charges they levied against Paul, uh, the Russians are treating this situation differently uh, than Brittany, Brittany's situation. And we have been unable to secure his release. We made every possible offer available to us to secure Paul's release, uh, but there was no way to bring Paul home right now. Uh, we would have uh, preferred, of course, of course we would have preferred to see them both released. That's what we've been calling on. That's what you've been hearing from me and the president these past uh, this past year. But we did not want to lose the opportunity uh, before us to secure the release of one of them. And so that was the choice, one or none, uh, and not not which one. It was either none or one. Did she make that clear? Like she started off saying she wanted to do? Well, if it wasn't the one, it would have been the none is what I'm kind of reading between the lines here and getting. Yeah, but it kind of flip-flops. Sometimes it sounds like they had a choice on the one, and sometimes it sounds like there was no choice. It was just Brittany or no one. The choice we had, really, at the end of the day was that we had no choice. <laughs> and so we chose that choice because that choice was better than, you know, none because we wanted one. Yeah, a little uh, Merry Christmas, America. Here's yeah. your Olympian back. That's what you get for being top of mind in this administration right there. 
front of butt. <laughs> well, anyways, a uh, journalist did ask about the UAE. Thank you, Kareem. Uh, quick question on Saudi Arabia's involvement in securing Gwender's uh, release. Um, how do you view the Crown Prince's involvement here? Do you view this as an act of good faith? And how do you think uh, this will help them uh, as the U.S. Uh, reevaluates its alliance with Saudi So, um, as I've said before, uh, this negotiation was between the U.S. government and Russia. Um, and uh, that's how we were able to secure uh, Britney's, uh, Britney's uh, release. And I, won't have, I don't have anything further to share on that. Uh, so there, was, there were U.S. officials on the, on the background call this morning thanking the Emiratis, for example, uh, but there was no explicit mention of MBS on the role he played. I mean, are, is the administration still extending um, their gratitude or, or thank you uh, to? So, again, the only countries that negotiated uh, this deal were the United States and Russia. And there was no mediation uh, involved. We are grateful for the uh, UAE, as the president mentioned, as I am mentioning now, for facilitating uh, the use of their territory for the exchange to take place. Uh, we are also grateful to other countries, including Saudi Arabia, that released the issue of our wrongfully detained Americans with a uh, Russian government uh, that raised that issue. Uh, but uh, again, I don't have anything more to say. But when it comes to her release, it was between the US government and Russia. She didn't have anything more to say, but... <laughs> but that one last add, thing. Add that last thing. I know. I love it. Gruesome. So, uh, Hashtag trying, gratitude. Yeah, trying to nip that one in the bud, that narrative, shall have no chance on American soil. No chance. Our man Mark Fogel was brought up. Oh. Another one. Uh, you spoke, uh, obviously we're talking about Griner. You also talk about efforts uh, to reach to... Uh, Paul Whelan's family, as well as Paul Whelan himself. Um, I just wanted to ask, have there been any similar efforts uh, regarding American Mark Fogel, who was also uh, in Russia, also arrested uh, on marijuana charges? How is his case uh, different, uh, or how does the why is the actions for Marfogel different than these? So look, we take uh, seriously our responsibility to assist U.S. citizens uh, abroad and are monitoring the situation. Uh, any specifics on Mark Fogel or any others, I would I would refer you to the State Department uh, uh, for additional information on those specific cases. Uh, there are. Every case is different. Uh, every case, uh, there are different ways that I can talk about them, so I don't want to get ahead of that, so I would refer you to the State Department. But you do see a difference between Griner's case and Fogel's case. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that sometimes we're not able to talk about that particular individual, and so I don't want to get ahead of that. There are reasons for that, um, for their own security, for their own privacy, so I would refer you to the State Department. Yeah, good luck talking to the State Department about that. Yeah. I would refer you up your own butt. Yep, pretty much. That's what she told him. <sighs> Deucey pushed on her, of course. I have that clip, but it's too many clips. Um, so I'm not going to play it. Anyway, Victor Boot gets back to Russia, uh, joins a political party. They were speculating he was going to run for parliament, but he says he's not going to participate in any elections, according to Russian translations. I don't speak Russian. Um, and then I saw... Today, a bill might have been introduced to declare March 9th National Hostage Day. Oh, boy. Yeah. And that is the 
anniversary of the day Robert Levinson disappeared in Iran in 2007. Mm. He was a former DEA and FBI agent who was on a mission for the CIA. So that's a fun one. That's a hell um, of a resume. His family received $2.5 million from the CIA, not to talk about him anymore, and they assumed him dead in March 2020. So that's Shit. Fun. Yeah. Other weed news besides Gritney. Uh, Safe Banking Act did not make the National Defense Authorization Act. Yeah. As of yet, uh, that got removed. Of course, that would allow state legal businesses to use banks <laughs> to store their money so that they don't get robbed all the time. The Department of Justice asked a federal court for two more months to look into things when it comes to these safe drug consumption sites and whether they should be legal or not. Uh, this all stems out of a lawsuit against Safe House from four years ago and the DOJ has just been kicking the can down the road. So the federal judge came back and partially granted this request by giving them a one month extension. Uh, the U S department of agriculture has extended its enforcement deadline for hemp to be tested by DEA registered laboratories from the beginning of next year to the end of next year, because guess what? DEA registered labs can't keep up with, the supply of hemp coming through to be tested. Surprise, surprise. I'm sure it's a lengthy process to get approved by the DEA to be one of their labs. Yeah. In Los Angeles, a federal judge rejected a motion to block the social equity license lottery from happening. So that went down last Thursday, and a hundred applicants were selected to receive a license. Then recreational sales are set to begin January 10th, 2023 in Connecticut. Nice. And also in Connecticut, uh, the governor announced 44,000 pot possession cases will be fully or partially erased. Nice. I'm not That's a sure lot. how it can be partially erased. <laughs> but this is thanks to their clean slate effort, uh, which goes into effect January 1st. And guess what? The expungements are truly automatic because... Uh, they've boosted the budget for the courts by $5 million just to focus on the IT needs of filtering out the cases that can be expunged. <laughs> yeah. Select all from cases where crime equals marijuana possession. Yeah, exactly. It should not take $5 million to do that, but here we are. In Missouri, lawmakers have also just filed a clean slate legislation bill. Um, and the courts have asked for two and a half million dollars to do the same thing. Pay 500 clerks overtime. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Uh, but of course, you know, under Amendment 3 here, it says that folks with weed offenses on their criminal record will be automatically expunged. And it, within a very strict timeline, too, six months to a year, that's not going to happen. And you have to petition in court, which costs time and money. So in New Mexico, anxiety has been added as a qualifying condition for medical weed. So now everyone can qualify. Yeah. If you couldn't with the chronic pain or headaches. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, New York State has appealed the injunction that is halting their licensing. Same guy in this lawsuit, of course, Kenneth Gay of Michigan. 
um, who should be able to be a social equity applicant because he has been arrested for weed in the past, but it was in Michigan and not in New York or L.A. So they've blocked him. They said, no, that doesn't count. It's only for people within our state. And he's trying to challenge the constitutionality of that. Two Rochester, New York firefighters were suspended for allegedly smoking weed on the job. Not a good move. No. Especially when there's security cameras all around. Probably going to get caught. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) what they're calling Rhode Island's first medical patient was just arrested for involvement with the January 6th riots. Oh, Jesus. Is that still going on? Uh, Yeah, I couldn't believe that. That's what I said. Years later, here we are. Yeah, he was... Uh, yeah, the big fucking attack, right? On the Capitol, come on. In which people entered and chanted and stayed within the velvet ropes. Get fucking real. <laughs> yeah, he's an MS patient, and he was listed as the first medical patient on a Senate resolution in 2016. Uh, but a very well-known weed journalist came out to try and combat that narrative, claiming that his mother is actually the first medical patient of Rhode Island um, after a bill that was passed in 2006. So I don't know what, what's up with that, stolen valor or what, but he, uh, he mopped the narrative house. Incredible. And um, he actually, uh, according to his, what he wrote himself, was able to halt that resolution from passing and then uh, get it rewritten, basically, to take that guy out of it being honored as the first patient. <laughs> and replace him with his mom. <laughs> wow. But imagine that, like, being a, a basically a weed activist and stalling legislation. Yeah. Look who's the big swinging dick can rewrite history. Mm-hmm. That's cute. Folks in Harker Heights, Texas, are gathering signatures to reverse the city council's repeal of the voter-approved decriminalization. Good move. And finally, in Sweden, there's an attorney coming after Zuckerberg for aiding and abetting Juicy Fields. You might remember them as <laughs> an investment scam where they said, hey, you can become an e-grower. You send us money and we'll give you a weed plant to sponsor from these different growers that are under us. And you'll get all the profits pretty much, you know, like you'll receive interest of 36 to 66% within three months. And then they showed up at an international conference with two Lamborghinis and bam, accounts frozen. No one had their money. Now they're looking for it and they're pissed off, you know? Yeah. Uh, So this uh, Lars Olofsson in Sweden is representing 800 people from 56 different countries and he's coming after Zuckerberg Uh-oh. first but he's got a list of 40 companies and business leaders that he wants to take to court uh, for allowing Juicy Fields to advertise and such on their social media he's also going after some folks in the banks that transferred money over to Juicy Fields and didn't check for red flags mm. uh, they're also claiming the Russians are at the top of the Juicy Fields scam but who knows? Always the Russians. Anyways, that's all I got for Behind the Curtain tonight. Wow. You really pounded that out. I feel like it's an end of an era with the Britney uh, being home thing, you know? Yeah, we're the beginning of beginning something of a new spooky era. and new. Who knows? Yeah. She can finally get back to work, right? <laughs> yeah. In the WNBA, of course. After she takes care of her mental health. Come on. Ah, yes. God, hey, you got to take care of the mental health, you know? What else are you going to do? Go crazy. Go crazy. 
<laughs> like uh, like the Reverend Cyber Tracker goes crazy with a metal moment every week. Uh, we have one on deck. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. I've had more than a few people ask me why I feature Leo Maracchioli on Metal Moment so often. And that's because he's so fucking prolific. I mean, since 2013, he's put out over 400 metal covers. That's a rate of just under one per week. And he usually puts out a Christmas cover. And as of four days ago, this year is no exception. Released December 9th, 2022, this is Leo Maracchioli. Have a holly jolly Christmas. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year. I don't know if there'll be snow, but have a cup of cheer. Have a holly jolly Christmas, and when you walk down the street, say hello to friends you know, and everyone you meet. Ho, ho, the mistletoe, on where you can see, somebody waits for you, is there a one for me? Have a holly jolly Christmas, and in case you didn't hear... Jolly licks. Heck yeah. Merry metal moments. I love it. Fantastic. Well, Christmas cheer from the Rev. Well, cheers to you. Metal is good for your mental health. That's right. Keep you sane in the membrane, if you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know who else keeps us sane in the membrane? All of our bowlers out there calling in for the first time I ever topic. Uh, each week we change it, rearrange it, and give you a new one to contemplate. Tell us a story about the first time you ever did a thing. This week, we happen to be talking about the first time you ever got fired, which uh, should be a grand old time. And Bowler's uh, getting fired? I know it seems like a stretch, right? It seems like, uh, how could this happen? How could this happen at all? But uh, uh, we're going to find out, and uh, you can also let us know with a simple phone call or text message to 816-607-3663, just like this caller did. Bow after bow, bow after bow, bow after bow with Sir Spencer and Ding DeLorean. It's a Tuesday. Yes, it and is. Here we be. It's weird because I was running earlier. A lot of times I do my shorter run on uh, Wednesday, so I'm listening to bow after bow. Uh, early part of it on my short run, but um, 
yeah, but I ran today, and no, no, I didn't listen to the Lord but, you know, it's all gravy. Gravy. I did get to listen to some Obi, whatever, uh, yeah, and some other stuff, but. OBGYN? Uh, yeah, first time I got fired. Um, man, I don't think I've ever actually technically been fired. Okay. Um, like, every job I've either, like, bounced from just because, like, found something better or something like that, or been let go from just due to, like, budget cutbacks or change in schedule, or, you know, like, just change in how they were doing things. Um, one time, I guess, I technically kind of got let go, um, but not, like, fired. Well, I mean, like... Laid off, they call it? I don't know if I'd really say I got fired. Um, yeah. But I was, it was a warehouse job, and uh, we had to learn how to do forklift, or we had to learn how to drive a forklift, but I never got a chance to, like, really learn how to drive it. And the stuff we were dealing with was um, sometimes volatile, like chemicals and, and stuff like that, or just really expensive things, um, like tiles and stuff like that. But uh, so it's like you had to be real meticulous um, versus just kind of like throwing stuff around where, it, I mean, you still got to be safe, but, you know, not as, I guess, if you will. Um, and uh, never really, like, never got the opportunity to drive it for more than a few minutes at a, or get, like, trained, <clears throat> excuse me, trained, like, class certified and all that through them. So um, I think it only lasted, like, a couple months. And, you know, that was one of the reasons. They're like, ah, you know, you never learn how to drive a forklift. And even though I never really was given the chance, but whatever. Um, so, yeah. So never got it super fired. Nice. Um, at least in my mind. So <laughs> anyway, ah, uh, yeah, there we be. So, all right, well, we just do it because we do it. And uh, I love the guys. And got to remember this is dangerous, you know. Yeah. You're driving a forklift because, you know, that, that's not good. And, uh, you know, whether or not you just got done from a run or you're standing around shirtless in a shed or you're just listening to this in front of a computer. Say It's been said. There we go. Yeah, laid off counts. Absolutely laid off counts. Anytime you're at work and they like come to you on a Wednesday and say, hey, you're not coming in on Thursday. You know, it doesn't matter why. You don't always have to be a bad boy. <laughs> uh, he had a he had a follow up, a very brief follow up. But you might have called it, though. Hold on. And in case I got cut off right there. Say cut off! Cut off! He got it. He got through, but then he got through again. You got to make sure that cacao's in there. Uh, you might have called it, man. Yeah, the bowlers just don't get fired. Nah, they we, quit. We quit way before that. <laughs> yeah, man. exactly. We, we quit way before that. Um, I've only really had that scenario one time. Um, at least I'm pretty sure. Ah, no, no, no. There's two. There's two. But the first time I ever was just like, they were like, you're done, was with Apple. It was a campus rep Uh-oh. selling MacBooks on campus and uh they found out i dropped out they were like oh, oh yes. you gotta be a student so womp womp yeah it's over it's over for you you're not a student at mizzou this is a you're a student campus rep yeah womp womp is the exact term for that <laughs> i guess i did get let go from uh bartending when i moved over here to kc oh moving i mean it was like uh my birthday and we went a little bit wild on one of my shifts and it was already kind of like a pain in the ass for me to drive all the way out there. Cause it was still in Columbia. I was bartending and I was living in KC. Um, 
And then Mikey called me up one day and was just like, yeah, man, we're going to take you off the schedule. And I was like, thank you, Mike. And he was like, what? <laughs> I was like, dude, that's the best birthday present you could have given me, man. Appreciate it. Because <laughs> it was like three days before my birthday, you know. And I had already been like, how am I going to quit this thing? So he made it easy. He was just like, yeah, well, you're off the schedule. And I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, that was ridiculous. We did a lot of driving between Casey and Columbia for... Yeah, we had our foot, one foot in each <sighs> town for a while. It was no way to live. Oh, yeah. No way to live. Well, uh, the first time I ever got fired actually ties into what we t- discussed last week. A prank. Oh, God. Yeah, but it wasn't my first prank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, My first gig was as a babysitter. And <laughs> there were three kids I was babysitting in this one family. Two girls and a boy. One of these girls was just really gullible. I don't have siblings, so when there's someone more gullible than me, I take full advantage of that. Okay. <laughs> and anyways, uh, my friend had recently gotten me with this thing on the interwebs called the maze game which oh, is like yeah i know that thing yeah there's a maze you're dragging this little ball through the maze i think if i remember correctly you gotta hold the the clicker on the mouse down and you drag it down and then the maze gets really thin so you gotta like really focus as you're dragging that little ball to the end of the labyrinth and then bam Reagan from The Exorcist pops up with full scary face, and there's a scream, and you jump, and maybe pee your pants a little. Yeah, or a lot. Or a lot, yeah. Well, I thought that was really funny. Like, <laughs> I course. got over it quickly and was like, that was hilarious. So anyways, I told the brother in this merry gang of children about it. I made him play it. He thought it was pretty funny, too. And then he was like, dude, we got to get my sister to play it. We turned the volume on the computer all the way up. Went to the other end of the house, just let her play the game. And then I started screaming, and then she started screaming. It was a whole thing. Probably traumatized her for life. And, uh, yeah, the family was like, I, I don't think we need you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Rough. I was like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Whoops. Your services are no longer required. Yeah. I was 12 or 13. It was it was shitty of me. C-Dub says he was moving bark dust for a man when he was a kid. And he uh, broke one of the man's shitty water sprayers, and he was fired. Ah, uh, What the hell is bark dust? Yeah, what is bark dust? Like dust of bark of a tree? And why were there water sprayers? And how are you moving it with the water sprayer? This is all fascinating. Just a kid, and he's already in the bark dust moving business. That's C-dubs. He's, an, he's a real achiever, that guy. A mover and a shaker. No doubt. Like all the bowlers. It's incredible, man. It's incredible. We have the best people. Well, we have the best people, the best people you've ever seen. We do. They don't get fired. Nah, they don't. They're welcome back every bowl, bowl after bowl. Uh, what are we going to do for our first time ever next well, week? I was going to ask you about that. Cause, uh, Did you ever find your list? Yeah, it's right here. Good work. No problem. Uh, We got the we got fired one, which is going to oh. get crossed off here. Um, and then what? I want to see. We're getting closer to Christmas, but it's not quite. Let me see. Next Tuesday will be the bowl before Christmas. Ah, uh, the bowl before Christmas. Uh, you want to do something Christmassy? Yeah, get everyone in the mood. 
Yeah, like first time I ever what uh, saw the Rockettes <laughs> Christmas Aww. show. Uh, first time I ever. Uh, what about uh, like how can you word very excitedly? Got a present, like got received mm. something on Christmas that made me scream or something. I don't know. Uh, first time I ever got what I wanted. Yeah. For Christmas. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's so young. See, I'm thinking of all these Christmassy things, but the first time Christmas stuff is all like uh, yeah. wicked young memories, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I was trying to think of older things, too. Like, first time I ever kissed someone under mistletoe. Okay. That's, I mean, you could still be a kid and, like, kiss your aunt or something under the mistletoe. Are the bowlers uh, kissing under mistletoe? I wonder. I wonder. Uh, there's also just some... Um, we could just go random. Mm-hmm. Went to a conference, ran over the voicemail limit, hid something in my butt, cooked a turkey. Um, first time I ever ruined Christmas. What about that? Oh, that's <laughs> first, a good one, actually. First time I ever ruined Christmas. Yeah, I like that. It just came to me, like in a flash, like a lightning bolt. Call in and leave us your tragic story of the first time you ever ruined Christmas. Yeah, uh, 816... 816- Six zero seven three six six three. I was gonna stop, and then I'm like, "Fuck it." <laughs> I, I was it gonna up. stop, and I was like, "Fuck it." Maybe it'll sound nice. Yeah, probably not. Um, but maybe it will. Yeah, there we go. Hey, there's another voicemail that popped in. Oh, thank you, thank you, Bowler. Let me tell you something. I have never been fired from a job. Brilliant. <laughs> I have always been the best. Every job I've had is the best job it's ever been, maybe ever. It's true! In fact, you're fired for thinking that I have ever been fired. No one's ever fired me. No one ever will fire me. You're fired. Are you accusing me of being dumb? Now all the bullers have been fired. Ah. Well, thanks, Keller. Assume. <laughs> They've been fired. There is also another firing moment where... <laughs> I had a boss get in my face and say, you're canned. And I was like, no, nah, fuck you. I quit. <laughs> you're canned. So I, I left on a, I quit. No, <laughs> I think I won. I got the last word in. I almost always, when it gets to uh, any sort of friction that's just over the pay grade, which is not basi- much. basically any detectable friction. <laughs> it's yeah. like if it's a non-zero number of friction, non-zero amount. Then yeah, I'm fucking taking my name tag off and giving it to the manager person, being like, so where can I pick up my last check? Because you're never going to see me again other than that day. That's the way to be. Yeah. Take no shit. Exactly. Don't take no shit won't be no shit. Simple as. Yeah. And if there is shit, well, you might end up on the lanes. That's true, man. That's true. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. Oh, wait, wait. We can't leave for the lanes yet. Another voicemail? Oh, I got fired pretty good one time. Oh. It was the second floor that fell to Disney on Ice. Oh, shit. I had hit that strong that it's just, it's not cool anymore. You're sitting there fucking getting ass blasted, wasted every night. You, you hit a point, you're doing it fucking seven months straight. Like, there's only one outcome. You fucked up. So I'd gotten plenty of warnings from management uh, over a course of time, just fucking showing up late uh, because 
too drunk the night before. There was two, uh, a couple of times at least where I was training a new guy in on how to do the spotlights, and I was like, you know what? I bet you can hold this down because I have to go vomit immediately, and, like haul ass, just trying to find a private-ish bathroom in some fucking arena. It's not easy. Let me tell you that. Uh, man. And then, like, the worst part is you fucking sober up halfway through the second show on a three-show day. You just, you reek of alcohol sweat. So you're just surrounded by children and their parents. <laughs> and these parents buying, like, $60 worth of goods and food that is manufactured for fucking pennies. God. It's just, it's so disgusting. And I wouldn't take it back for anything. I <laughs> low-key think I purposely or unpurposely drank myself out of that job because I just wasn't into it. But I was not smart enough to quit. I think that was the problem. Dwam. One of those big meetups, uh, not meetups, what the fuck am I even saying? Meetings with uh, with management. I missed this whole like PR event where TV cameras come in and they fucking film something. It was a good reason why I missed it. It's a little, a little saucy for right now, but <laughs> or where I was, if you know what I mean. You got to live all the way. The uh, yeah, it was just you know it. it it got to the point where it finally caught up to me, and then you just wake up late for the last time, and you're done, son. That's yep. it. Here's your plane ticket. We tried to warn you. Here's <laughs> your plane ticket. Hot damn, boobs. Oh, filthy. Filthy, nasty with it. Oh. Sounds worth it. Find the line, <laughs> and then, you know, make sure it's there. Make sure that line exists. Just make them prove it to you. I like that attitude. Uh, cheers, caller. That's the all the way fired one, man. Yeah, not just laid off. No way. We're going the whole way. <laughs> C-Dubs gets the hose. Uh, hose it <laughs> off. Hose it off. Uh, you know where it doesn't matter how dirty you are, uh, you can still say. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. So two Alabama women are facing trial for feeding and trapping stray cats. <laughs> These women are 60 years old and 84 years old. Uh, what they were doing was going out, catching stray cats, and bringing them in to be spayed and neutered. Is that all? Yeah. And that's like illegal and shit? Uh, they were asked to stop because they were doing this on public property public property <laughs> i guess yep yeah. public okay. public lands public grounds okay uh and they were putting these traps out all right I, I don't know i but they were told to stop feeding the cats and trapping them and they were like they said that the women were being a nuisance and they wanted them to stop feeding the cats because the cats were a nuisance and they explained that well we're capturing them to spay and neuter them so they can't reproduce and maybe they'll stop being nuisances yeah, maybe they'll be taken in, too, and get adopted. Seems reasonable. Well, they kept getting warnings. Warning after warning. 
and, and like Booberry. They didn't listen. They didn't heed the warning. No. They said, "Yeah, fuck your warning. Come I, and get me." I watched the body cam footage of the arrest, and it is just the saddest fucking thing I've seen in a long time. Oh no. You know, because the guy is like, "You ladies need to leave," and they're just like, mm, "No." Are you serious? You don't play that game with cops. <laughs> right. It doesn't end well for you. <laughs> that 84-year-old woman, man, she's spunky. She gave him a hell of a time. They had to put the cuffs in the back. Wow. You know, he was going to put the cuffs in the front, had to put them in the back because she was uh, resisting arrest. And uh, he, <laughs> the cop was like, you're old enough to know better. <laughs> I was like, wow, fuck uh, you guys. Uh I'm still too young to give her goddamn. Your taxpayer money at work. Arresting old ladies trying to take care of stray cats. That's just fucked up. It's like a little cute hobby for them, you know? Yeah. Ah. And then uh, the guy was like, the cop, after they were in cuffs in the uh, police vans, the cops are going through their cars and just like commenting on how disgusting they are and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man. This is a waste of everyone's money. Isn't there some violent crime going on? You know, shouldn't you be looking out for the bat signal or something? No. It's nothing like body cam footage to show you. I guess. What a bunch of sweethearts cops really are, man. I guess they just were having a slow day and wanted to arrest some old ladies. I guess so, man. It bums me out. I don't even like cats. Yeah. Dogs, though. Dogs had to one-up the story that we shared about a month ago. Yeah. Where there was a cat that went through an airport x-ray. Yeah. Now there's a dog that went through the airport x-ray in Wisconsin. Yep. Anything cats can do, dogs can do better. Yeah. Jumped right into the owner's backpack. Almost made it onto the plane. A dachshund chihuahua mix. Uh, Now, you know, they didn't go into the details here about the owner saying things like, Oh, I had no idea, blah, blah, blah. And what I did read on USA Today, I had to read a bunch of articles on this story to get any details out of it, other than the goofy picture of this fat little dog in a backpack being scanned. Uh, It seems like this passenger had disclosed that she was traveling with a pet. This is a very inappropriate way to travel with a pet. Put it in a backpack. Yeah. They got little doggy carriers, kennels, where you can check them in under the plane or whatever. Just jam them in there with your laptop, you know? Yeah. What I don't know. On? Like, what was she planning to do? Shove it into the overhead bin? She was going to order an extra shot at the end for the dog. Ugh. Yeah. So bad. I don't know. <laughs> how does this happen? Uh, People are dumb as fuck. That's how it happens. It's just like Gritney not checking for that vape cartridge, right? Oh, yeah, or whatever <laughs> happened, yeah. Uh, researchers in Australia may have discovered hundreds of new deep sea species. Hundreds. New shit. Yeah. Australia just designated a new marine park in March uh, that surrounds Christmas Island and the Cocos Keeling Islands. So they were mapping the ocean floor with their cameras and sonar. And then uh, along the way, they just used some nets and sleds to collect these uh, creatures that they didn't recognize. One was a blind eel. Looks like a ghost. It's covered in this loose, transparent, jelly kind of skin. And I guess it gives birth to live young. 
So that's freaky. Then there's a tripod fish. It just stands up straight on its bottom fin and just stares up at the uh, the, the sky, hmm. the top of the ocean. And all of those fish are hermaphrodites. So they just have to meet one other one and bam, babies. Wow. They're good to go. That then, really increases the dating pool, man. Oh, yeah. Lowers the bar. <laughs> Anyone's a potential at that point. <laughs> yeah. They're like, hey, <laughs> you've got the balls. I've got the veg, but I also have the balls, and you have the veg too. So whatever happens, happens. <laughs> We're making babies. <laughs> Crazy. Pretty nuts, man. <laughs> I get an extra nuts roll everywhere. Oh, uh, then there's the batfish, which I think is really cute. It's like a stingray, and then the face looks like a bat. That's how I'm going to describe it. Very cute. And finally, uh, in my little list I made out of the hundreds that they did not elaborate on, uh, there's this urchin that they're calling the pancake urchin because when they pulled it out of the water, it flattened like a pancake. It's got poison-tipped spines on it, though, so you don't want to... Kinky. Fuck with it. Yeah. You're right. I don't want to fuck with it. No. In California, the first unicorn permit was issued. <laughs> Whoops, sorry. Lansbury's trying to sneak in on my roll there. Yeah, this little girl wrote a letter to the Department of Animal Care and Control saying, uh, if I find a unicorn, can I please keep it in my backyard? And they just thought that was so cute. They sent her a little heart-shaped dog tag that says, permanent unicorn license and they put it on this unicorn stuffed animal they sent her a list of demands because you know government yeah you gotta have regulations right always regulations always strings attached Mm -hmm. uh if you want a unicorn you must provide ample exposure to sunlight moonbeams and rainbows where the fuck am i supposed to find moonbeams bitch it's not nighttime all the time we got the sunlight I well, guess. Yeah. If it's a cloudy night, you're just fucked. That unicorn's gonna die, I guess. You get them when you get them. Or the government's gonna come in and take your unicorn. Rainbows? Are they in strong supply? I can make some rainbows. Gotta polish the horn once a month. <laughs> That's good advice for everyone. <laughs> I mean, we've been sent rainbow makers by bowlers before, so. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But we'd have to move it to the backyard. That's a cinch. Make it a little bigger. Uh, If you're going to put sparkles or glitter on the unicorn, it's got to be non-toxic and biodegradable. And also, I didn't know this, but unicorns need to be fed watermelon once a week. The fuck? I didn't know that either. The fuck indeed. Once a week watermelon. Even like right now when they're out of season? Even right now. It's like $9 for a fucking watermelon right now because they're not in season. They'll still sell them to you. Somehow they um, still make them. I don't know. Hydroponic watermelons. Must be getting them from Mexico or something. I don't have any idea. Kid, you want a unicorn? You're going to have to grow watermelons in your garage. It's the only way. Hmm. You can't afford that unicorn feeding <laughs> habit. These melons ain't for sale. <laughs> They're for my unicorn. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know. It's... <laughs> I don't like stories like that. When the bureaucracy has a sense of humor. Oh, oh, bureaucracy, you're so cute. 
when the bureaucracy talks to a kid at all, it's just like, hey, fuck off. Yeah, they're gonna go. They're gonna give her a unicorn permit, and then tomorrow they're gonna go and like take a hatchet and break down some kid's lemonade stand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this, they got one positive story. They're like, we just needed that one fluff piece like, for the year. Now we're good. Oh, we know that there's. We know you're not gonna fight a unicorn. So yeah, you're allowed to have one of those. Here's a permit. Fucking bastards. <laughs> yeah. Don't write fluff pieces about bureaucrat pencil-pushing bald-ass dickheads. Hey, take it up with the Associated Press. No, thank you. Uh, the Why literal, waste my breath? They get an email from these fucks, and they just <laughs> change a few words and publish it. Trust me. I, I was underst- offered a job there. <laughs> I understand how it works, bro. Uh. Easy bake oven of journalism from the wire to your fucking byline. Yeah. Bing! Exactly. Fucking nice. Yeah. Easy sleazy. Gross. Ah. This was a fun story. Uh, 13 strangers rented a van together when their flight from Orlando to Knoxville got canceled. That's hot. Yeah. The One of the women made them all take a little video introduction of themselves, and then they did an update like every three hours, because it's about a 10-hour road trip. Mm. Um. But I thought that's cool. That's a fun story for the rest of their lives to share, you know? They went down to the Hertz at the airport. They were like, hey, give us a 15-passenger van. They split the costs. They made the drive. And they got there safe and sound. You know? Like driving. good friends. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was cool. There, it, it was a motley crew. There was like a family visiting college. Some, Of course, a few people were just trying to get home. Sure. Um. There were three people from Mexico. Two of them came together and one did not, but she was helping a friend move to Mexico, which is interesting. And then there's a woman who is in a custody battle for her son. So, all interesting people with unique stories. Shit, they could make a TV series out of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 13 strangers in a van. I can't wait. <laughs> and no ham sandwiches. Sounds like a uh, certain reality porn I've seen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there was a mini boat built by Rhode Island students that made it all the way to England. Wow, we're on a roll here. Yeah, wow, we are. Don't jinx it. Uh, this was organized by the University of Rhode Island's Graduate School of Oceanography as a project to teach kids about the ocean. But you, too, can make a mini boat with the kit that they had, which they got from, uh, I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. <laughs> this isn't a fucking ad, for real. But, um, high schoolers put on the instruments, like the GPS tracker and stuff, and the middle schoolers made it seaworthy. Which okay. I think means that they painted it. That means that it's not going to sink. <laughs> They're middle schoolers. Okay. <laughs> and the, the high schoolers pretty much put it together. What if they sealed it? Oh, yeah. Maybe they sealed it. That's, made that would it be good. seaworthy. Maybe it is just a fucking mermaid on the front or whatever the fuck. Yeah. They like wrote the name of their middle school. Okay. Uh, anyways. Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> it was named Inspiration and traveled uh. 9,300 miles in 245 days. Then landed on a beach in southern England uh, over Thanksgiving weekend. There were instructions on the boat that made it, and it said, hey, bring me to the nearest school. So the dog walkers that found it on the beach were like, ah, 
We're childless. We'll bring it to the school that's uh, nearby, which just this. happened. This, is a, this piece of trash is making demands. Yeah. <laughs> happened to be called Tiptoe Primary School. <laughs> and from there, the students met virtually and uh, discussed the finding adventure and then told them about the making adventure and what they learned. And now uh, those kids in England are going to patch it up and put it back in the ocean and see where it goes. Take on the next leg of the journey. Yeah, I thought it was cute. It's interesting. Yeah. It's a new level of pin pal. Yeah, yeah. And then the Zoom video or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God, those people don't talk like me at all. <laughs> <laughs> that was like what one of the teachers said in all the, the journalism interviews. She's like, these students just realize like our little town isn't the whole world. I was like, wow, it took them to high school to realize that? That's sad. But anyways. They're just regurgitating the lesson plan bullet points, dude. <laughs> yeah. Nobody really discovered fucking British people during that <laughs> exercise. <laughs> uh, Great Scott, they talk differently. In New York, one of the police department's auto impounds, uh, which just happened to have some DNA evidence in it also. Yummy. Is burning down. Oh, shit. As we speak. Oh, that's right. Just burning black smoke billowing oh the evidence yeah, is a way of disappearing at, every once in a while that started at 10 30 this morning eastern time 9 30 uh in the center here of america yeah but a total of 33 units with 140 firefighters responded to the oh flames oh my god of course they uh, did yeah had yeah. to find one in there yeah of course uh eight people suffered minor injuries Three firefighters, three EMS, and two civilians. And uh, this evidence was for mostly cold cases going back 30 years. So, you know, Jimmy Boom Bots, he's just over it. He's seeing <laughs> that those 33-year cold cases are all getting solved, you know? And he's like, shit, 1990 was the year I did it. 1990 was the year I made that bitch sleep with the fishes or whatever. <laughs> so he was like, fuck, we gotta get in there, boys. This is just my guess. <laughs> or maybe it was someone on the inside. Well, they had Combination. help. They had, had help. help on the inside, but it, you know it's got to be Jimmy Boombots. It's always Jimmy Boombots. Yeah, they, they tried to throw this narrative out, like maybe a lithium battery from one of the cars could have done it. Uh, I don't know. There's these e-bikes that we store, but they're in a different section. We try to disconnect the batteries and cover up. Yeah, well, they also said, well, you know, a lot of the evidence had already been ruined by Hurricane Sandy. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Excuses. Yeah, it was already mostly ruined anyway. Just a little fire on the end, you know? What are you whining about? Yeah, you know. But they, uh, you know, it's a lot of combustible material. Because it's paperwork and clothes from victims and potential uh, suspects. And now it's up in smoke. Up in smoke. We'll see how, how many days it takes to get this fire under control. It looked fucking huge. <laughs> it did look huge. I was man. looking at that black smoke. You having could see some... it from anywhere in Manhattan, it looked like. Yeah. I was having some 9-11 flashbacks from that shit. Yeah. Anyways. A missing Connecticut man was found. But. No butts. Okay, now you can show me your butt. But he was dead. And it was what? in upstate New York. And he had been living under a different name oh. for over well, almost a decade. Damn. Yeah. Robert Hoagland, 
Good job, man. Last seen at a gas station July 2013. Wait, is that his... Uh, That's his uh, fake birth name? name or real name? Okay, birth name. Yeah. Gov- gov- government name. Yeah, the one that the social security number is attached to. Geek, 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 government name. Anyways, he was supposed to pick up some family at the airport. Didn't. Was supposed to go to work. Didn't. Based. And so when a welfare check finally happened, they found his wallet, his medications... They don't specify what the meds were. Uh, and his cell phone at the house, along with the family vehicle. Yeah, he had a wife and kid. At least one kid, because the kid is quoted in this article. But anyways, yeah, he was living 90 minutes away as Richard King in upstate New York. Richard King. 59 years old, found dead, died suddenly, perhaps. Anytime. No foul place suspected. You who named himself Dick King. I mean, come on, dude. Like, You've got to be like, okay, what's your real name, buddy? Immediately. Dick. Dick King. Dick King. That's King my story. Dick. Yeah, just Dick King around. <laughs> Omish. Omish in the chat. Nailed it. Yeah, but um, so they find this dead guy, and they like couldn't find any next to kin or anything with Richard King, Dick King. <laughs> and uh, then they were going through paperwork, you know, really snooping about, and they found something that had the name Robert Hoagland on it, traced it back, saw he was missing, saw the picture, and was like, holy shit, that's the guy. Hey, we found your dead guy. I mean, your family member, your he's missing, dead. Missing man. Missing man. He was living a separate life. Uh, oh, there's a guy at our church when I was growing up did that. <laughs> really? Yeah, he like disappeared. They had like footage of him at the gas station he was last seen at, and then they just fucking didn't know. And yeah, like years later, he turned up like with another family in Texas <gasps> or something. Oh no! He was like doing a new name, new family, new life thing. And he had a family before. Yeah, a wife and kids. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah, it's weird. Wow. That's... Weird, man. Weird. People it are weird. Makes you wonder what drove him to do that. I don't <laughs> really know. You can't only. Ponder such things. Yeah, yeah. I'm thankful. Uh, thankful. I don't have to wonder too hard about that. <laughs> pretty no happy here. No fucking in the doubt. Uh, the British woman was pretty happy when she found the Loch Ness monster's baby washed up on the shore. I mean, it's kind of sad, right? Like, baby Nessie dead on yeah. the shore, washed up. Uh, but how cool is that? It's like, oh, it's a Loch Ness monster right here by my feet. Proof. Little. I'll post a picture in the in the chat. No, I'm saying proof positive. Like, this is good. That's why she's happy. Well, anyway, you know, people always got to rain on your parade and do a little debunking. Right, of course. So the guess is, the debunking here, is that it's actually a stingray called the marine thornback that dwells around England. Um, and... I guess when it's caught by fishermen, they butcher the wings. Okay. So I don't know. You eat the wings, I guess. And so they That's just- a lot uh, of creature there to just eat the wings. I know. The guess to mit here is uh, they just like threw the body out and like improperly cut these wings. I don't know. I like to think it's a baby Loch Ness monster. What is uh, Nessie? Like a plesiosaur? I, I don't know. know how to say dinosaurs. I've never seen anything like this though. Yeah. Well, now try to picture. Uh, it's so even too, the way that the little wings and legs look. You know, mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, oh no, don't say it was all cut up. 
I don't know nothing about it. Cut up. <laughs> Cut your ass up. <laughs> but um, the other guess about what it could possibly be, I guess is a terrible word for this, speculation, is yeah. that uh, a bigger animal bit its wings off. But that's sticking with the this is a stingray story, which I don't like. I like to think it's a dinosaur of some sort. It survived. It had babies, and one of the babies didn't make it. Given up its secret. Mm. Sea serpent. Anyways, one final story for the lanes tonight comes from India, where a 26-year-old man showed up in the emergency room with pain and swelling in his right testicle, along with low-grade fevers that have been bugging him for a month. They decided to perform an ultrasound on his right nut <coughs> and saw something moving about no. inside. No. No. Oh, man, no. No perfect game. Damn it. Oh, in the 10th frame, the last roll. Yeah. What could it be? What could it be? Moving around in his nut? Worms. No, worms, <laughs> no. <laughs> Dancing worms. What? That's what they're calling them. <laughs> what? Um, what? Yeah, so I guess that he got a mosquito bite. Oh, my God. Infected no, no, him. no, no, Hell no. Yeah, with this uh, species of microscopic roundworm. Hmm. And what they do is uh, they cause fluid retention basically by blocking off the lymphatic system, which causes, uh, in his case, his right nut to swell up. Um, but I guess it can really balloon the fuck out of your body because they call this elephantiasis. And I see the word elephant in there. <laughs> so I'm guessing you can swell pretty fucking big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? Did I say it terrible? <sighs> you, got a, you got a better pronunciation for that? Elephant. I don't know. Elephant iasis. Elephantasis? Elephantasis? Yeah, the IA, I wanted to make it pretty. I always thought it was Titus. That's a different thing. That's a different thing. Yeah. Surely. Well, either way you cut it, you know it was a big thing. That was a big thing. The show? No, the, the elephant uh, the elephant syndrome. <laughs> the elephantitis, tasis, tesis. <laughs> yeah. The elephant's titties. Yeah. Well, if it was in your tits, it wouldn't be so bad, but that right nut swollen up by itself? Mm. Not cool, man. Not cool. Not cool. My grandpa had that happen to him. Unfortunate water skiing accident. Oof. If I'm lying, I'm dying. Holy Moses, we got a late boost in. From Booberry. It's a row of sticks. One, 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 one. He says, hmm, new pickup line pitch. Nice worms want to fuck. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Mm. Oh, I don't think so. I think it's very bad for our country. Yeah, now we're all doomed. Yeah, someone's got the ivermectin. Dude's all better, by the way, after three weeks. Oh, well, thank God. Of uh, some medicine, you know. <laughs> Just take these pills, it'll go away. Anti-parasitic drugs. You gotta trust the pills, man. Sometimes they make shit go away. Look at that. Well, we would never want the bowlers to go away. That's why we stay off the pills entirely. Uh, we'll be seeing you next Friday night for another Bowls with Buds. 
to sit down with my buddy Tyler and talk about who knows what. He's always a uh, wealth of information and a fun guy to talk to. So looking forward to that. That'll be 8 o'clock Central Time, U.S. on Friday. And then we'll be back again at this weird, late, awkward time next week for the last time, hopefully in a while. 10 o'clock Central Start Time next week as well. Through all out, uh, throughout all that madness, you know that uh, no matter what I do, I'm going to remain Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll always be your damn DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. How stupid have we been? Okay. Please! Please! It should end. I think, frankly, it's simple. I consider it an invasion. Call 911! Come on. Come on. These people are sick. That's true! Listen, you motherfuckers. So far, tonight, I'm average. They came all over the place. Bowl after bowl. Bowlafterbowl.com Boom, boom, boom. Shaking the room. Yeah. All right, everybody on the No Agenda stream, you are now uh, free to peruse some other podcasts. Here they are. Lovely. Yes. Bowls of Buds this Friday, right? This Friday. This Friday. At 8 p.m. 8 Central. Okay, sorry, I forget things so quickly. It's all right. I remembered, because I booked it. <laughs> I think if I you hadn't should've... booked it, I would have remembered. Dude, no. I had I had 11 more clips. Not all, like, KJP. Some were for the other news stories, but... 11!